0: Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. You are engaging with us right now, whether that be here in Cambridge, Bury St. Edmunds, anywhere in the UK or across the seas, wherever you are, even a prison, we know prisons are joining us for this series as we're going through on these Sundays. You are most welcome. It's great to have you with us. We want you to know you are loved by God, that he's for you, not against you, and that we love you too. At the beginning of each of these messages, I'm going to read out a prayer that I'm praying every single day at this present moment. We're doing this because of the coronavirus uh, pandemic. And I want to pray into that and for that every single time I get up here and preach. So let's pray it together. God of all creation, the one who spoke the world into being and who's bringing all things to completion, we trust you. We trust you with our lives. We trust you with our future. We trust you in all seasons. We pray for comfort for those who have lost. We pray for healing for those who are sick. We pray for supernatural intervention to stop this pandemic. We pray for wisdom for governments. We pray for protection on healthcare workers. We pray for the weak and vulnerable that they may be safe. We pray that the gospel of Jesus Christ will shine out in this season. We pray that the church will rise up to be all she has intended as salt and light in the world. And we pray for your kingdom to come. On earth, as it is in heaven, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We are living in unprecedented times. And today I want to talk on the subject of peace over panic. Peace over panic. There's one occasion recorded for us in the New Testament when Jesus is is talking with his disciples and they are starting to panic He's telling them that he's going to leave them. Remember, Jesus has been with them for three years plus. They've walked and talked. They've ate. They've slept in the same place together. They've done a deep dive into relationship. And they know and believe he's the Messiah. He's the Savior of the world. They've given up everything to follow him. And now he's telling them that he's going to leave. And panic starts to grip their hearts. And they start to ask questions like, well, where are you going? Uh, can we come with you? How long will you be away? And you can hear the panic in, and the anxiousness and the insecurity in their voices. And this is what Jesus says to them as he's about to depart. This is John 14, verse 27. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. And if you carry on John chapter 14, 15, 16, the conversation about him going, departing, still carries on, and so he says it to them again. This is recorded in John 16, 32, and 33. A time is coming, and in fact has come, when you'll be scattered, each to your own home. You will leave me alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. just want you to notice this from those two passages. Firstly, it's this. The peace that he's promising is his peace. He says, my peace I give you. He's sharing what he has. And then in that second passage in 16 John 16, he says, so that in me you may have peace. So he's promising the peace that he has, and he's saying to them the peace is because it's in him. In him they'll find peace. And here's the first thing, and maybe the most important thing I want to say to you today. Peace is a gift from God. I honestly believe we get the peace of God by getting peace with God. That once we find peace with God, there's a gift that he wants to give us, which is his peace. Peace is a gift from God. And it's not that he's ever going to take that back. It's a gift gift that he wants to give so as that it can remain in us in all seasons of life. This last Christmas, um, one of my daughters, my eldest daughter, bought me one of these DNA testing kits that you have to swab your mouth and then put it in a little pot and send it off, I think it was to California, and they'll tell me something of my DNA. And so I had the, the gift on the side there. For a while, I just hadn't got around to, to doing it. And one day, she was at home and she said to me, are you going to use that gift I've given you? And I said, yeah, I'll use it. And she said to me, it's been there for weeks and you haven't used it yet. Then she added this, if you don't use it in the next week, I'm going to use it. And I looked at her and I said, excuse me, it was a gift you gave me for me, not a gift you gave me for you. And I did the trick, of course, within the very next 24 hours. I quickly swabbed my mouth and got it sent off. And I've had the results back to find I'm 95% English with some Northern European connection in there as well, just for your information. But this is my point. She'd given me the gift and then she wanted to take it back. When God gives us the gift of his peace, he never wants to take it back. He says, it's yours and you can keep it. Now, there's a devil... There's an enemy who wants to rob us of this peace, but it's ours to keep. The other thing I want us to note: yeah, it's a peace that's given from God, but it's also this, it's a peace like the world doesn't give, Jesus said. My peace I give you, not like the world gives. See, the, the peace the world gives is this, if the circumstances are good, I've got peace. That's an easy peace. If everything's going well, the sun is shining, everything's working, then that's a circumstantial peace, like the world gives. But his promise here is, it's not like the world gives. It's in every season and every circumstance of life. In fact, what he says is, in this world you will face much tribulation, much hardship. But then he adds, but be of good cheer, that's an older version, cheer up basically for I have overcome the world. That is a promise to put on your mirror or on your fridge to look at every day. There will be troubles in this world but Jesus has said this, take heart for I have overcome. And so we can have a peace that lasts in any and every season of life. John 20 records this for us, so this is after he has gone to the cross, he's gone into the grave, he's been raised from the dead, so this is post-resurrection, and he appears back to the disciples who are in a place of fear, it tells us. This is John chapter 20. I'm going to read from verse 19 down to 23. Listen to this. It was the first day of the week, and that very evening, while the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear, that sounds very familiar situation to us right now, doors are locked for fear, Jesus came and stood among them. This is what he said to them, Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples rejoiced, rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said to them, verse 21, Again, he said to them, so sometimes we need to hear this more than once, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If any of you forgives anyone their sins, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. Look at these words that he said to them twice. Peace I give to you. He knew they needed to hear it, and I think we need to hear it today. When the world is in turmoil. Peace I give to you, not to take it back, but the peace of God to stay and remain. In ancient times, there was a saying that people had that was primarily about peace. They would say, it's just a word, they would say it to one another, and they, they'd say it in the times of, of, of war or a famine. They'd say it in the times of plentiful or of peace. It was this word, shalom. It's a beautiful word. It's a word that means so much more than peace. You'll hear as I go through in a few minutes. It's a fat word. It's a full word. It's peace within. It's peace without. It's health. It's strength. It's prosperity. And in Isaiah, you, you find where they're talking about peace in this way, they say, and I'll paraphrase it, it says, someday we're going to beat our swords into plowshares, and our spears into pruning hooks. In other words, we're not going to use these things as weapons anymore. We're not going to use them to fight. We're going to melt them down and make them into instruments so that we can farm, so as there can be fruitfulness. Someday, they say, nations will not take up the sword against nations. This is shalom. This is what they're looking and longing for. And often through the prophets, you find these declarations of days that are coming of peace and prosperity. Shalom. Shalom became such an important word that every single day when they were putting their children to bed, they took them in at bedtime and they'd say to them, Shalom, my son. Shalom, my daughter. Or as they're going down the streets talking to one another, they greet with one another with this shalom. They imagined a day when young men would not be pulled away from the arms of their mothers to fight, but the young men would be instructed in diplomacy and peacekeeping, and they would go around keeping and making peace. They imagine a world where human beings would be at peace with one another. Shalom. Over the years, I've often spoken about this subject. It's been something that, has been something of a revelation to me, seeing how the Old Testament looked forward, people looked forward to this day of Shalom, and then you've got Jesus who comes, who is the Prince of Peace, and then you've got the end of the Scriptures, the Revelation, where it describes no more crying or pain, and it's Shalom. It's when heaven kisses earth, and there's this unity between heaven and death. It's Shalom in all its wholeness. And I often meditated in my own times to imagine such a day. In fact, a few months ago, I was preparing a, a talk on Shalom. And this, is, this, is, this genuinely happened to me. I was in the gym, the gym that's closed down now. I'm not allowed to go into, but I, I'd been to the, the gym. I'd gone down then into the jacuzzi and then into the steam room. And I'm sitting in the steam room. I'm on my own and I'm going over these thoughts about shalom, wholeness, and health, and strength, and prosperity, and peace in the nations. And a a gentleman walked in, an older gentleman, similar hairstyle to me, and he walked in, and he looked at me, and he just just pointed at me, and he said, shalom. It's one of those moments, I wanted to say to him, why did you say that? But I didn't, I just looked at him, and I said, "Uh, "Hello." Hello. But it struck me, even in that place while I'm meditating on it, that's what I needed to hear, shalom, peace. And we need to hear that, and we need to hear the words from Jesus. Peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you. One um, commentator put it like this, shalom has defined it. I wish that there would be no conflict in your life. And I wish that there would be a spirit of well-being and prosperity in your inner person. Shalom. I just want to read you some scriptures which... Speak of the peace, the shalom of God. Now, I, I just want them to wash over you, wherever you are. If you're watching in a prison, you're watching in a home on your own, your own. wherever you are, you might be just with a couple of other people, with your family, I want you to hear these words from the Bible. The eternal, never-changing, always-relevant word of God about peace. This is my favorite. This is a song we've been singing recently as well called The Blessing. Numbers chapter 6. God says this to you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. I love that phrase, turn his face towards you. When my daughter was performing in Hansel and Gretel many years ago, she was playing the lead role, and I was given a camera to record. And I, I, I was asked by someone afterwards, can, can you just give me a copy of the recording? Because their daughter was in the show as well. And I said, you can, but having looked back at it, there's not really a lot of point for any other parent to share this. Because all I had was zooming in and out of the face of my little girl with her rosy red cheeks that were painted on her and a dernal dress. And I just kept, wherever she went, I followed her. My face was shining on her. My attention was towards her. And I believe God's attention and faces towards us right now. And what he's saying to us is his peace. What about this? Isaiah chapter 6, the announcement of the coming Messiah of Jesus. This is his name. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. At the birth of Jesus recorded for us in the Gospels, this is what they said. Glory to God in the highest on earth. Peace to all men on whom his favour rests. And then the verses that I've read just from John 14. Peace I leave with you. John 16. I've told you these things that you might have peace. What in the epistles here, Ephesians 2.14. For he himself, referring to Jesus Christ, he himself is our peace. So peace is a gift from God, but peace also is a person that's found in the Prince of Peace, Jesus. What about this one? Romans five, verse one. Therefore, since we've been justified, that means declared not guilty by faith. We have peace with God. Colossians three fifteen. Let the peace of God rule. Let it rule in your hearts. One more, 2 Thessalonians 3, 16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times. Go on, say it, all times. Wherever you are, repeat it, all times. Every one of you online, all times. And in every way, you can know the peace of God in every situation. I honestly believe the God's preferred state for this world, God's preferred state for you and for me, even in the midst of turmoil and tribulation, is peace. Peace be with you. Now let me just, in these last five minutes, focus it down on peace for us personally. We believe for global peace, yeah, but what about me at a personal level? Because what I've found over the years is we can even believe some of this stuff, but then in the tough times, we say, oh, maybe i we don't say it in this way, but I'll live with a low-grade anxiety. I won't cast all my cares on him. I'll keep a few back. There's so many things that will come into our life to steal that peace that we somehow think, well, we, we can't live in the consistency of peace. Well, let me just say, I think we can. There are things that come to steal our peace. Bad news is a peace stealer. You can be going along very nicely and then you hear your health, your job, someone you love. Relational breakdowns can be peace stealers where they rob us of peace if we allow them to. Financial pressures, peace stealers. Sin, that is when we've stepped over the border morally, it can rob us of peace. And how about this one? This is really big right now in our world. When we're faced with our own mortality, we will lose loved ones. We are losing loved ones. This world is very fragile right now. And when you're faced with that mortality, you can lose peace. God's preferred state for us to live in is peace. And here's my advice to us. When the thoughts come in to rob us of peace, number one, do this. Pause for thought. Meditate. Meditation isn't emptying our mind of stuff, it's filling our minds with truth that sets us free. Just pause. It's like in basketball when they have a timeout, the game may have been going against them, but they need to change the, the trajectory of the way the game's going. Timeout. Just when the thought comes in to rob you of that peace, just take a timeout. This is the way the Bible describes it. Take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. That's 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. It's like grabbing hold of it and saying, I'm not going to let that go on any further. I'm going to grab that thought, time out, and then remove it from you. Now, the best way to remove it from you is not just have a time out and empty your mind, but number two, as I said, to fill your mind. Then fill your mind with thoughts of truth. Focus on the truth. Listen to this scripture, Philippians 4 verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think that God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Think if God is for me, who can be against me? Think if God is a strong tower into which I can run and find safety. Think he's the rock on which I can stand when everything is being shaken around me and I can rest on him. Take those hysterical thoughts captive and rather fill them with thoughts of truth from his word. Start reminding yourself of what is true. And Then number three related to this is declare your faith in the power and goodness of God. Hey, one of the songs we've been singing is, God, you're so good. Don't anyone ever rob you of the truth that God is good. He's got plans for you, and he's got plans for this planet. This isn't all over. God will say when it's all over. He's got a plan and a purpose. Whatever you're going through, declare your faith, God, you're so good. What we're facing may not last just a few days or a few weeks. It's months, who knows how long. We've got to come daily and confess the goodness of God. Then fourthly and finally, this to keep your peace. You may need to take action. You may not be at peace with God because there's something you need to confess by way of sin. Deal with it quick. You may have lost peace because you're in a relationship that's gone sour. You said something you shouldn't have said. Guys, life's too short. Don't waste time. Go and make it right. At the end of this talk, go and phone someone and say to them, You know what? I need to make peace with you. I'm sorry. And you'll feel the peace. Don't, don't try and justify yourself. Just admit when you're wrong. Just say, I'm sorry. Or there may be some things that you need to do that reorientate your life around the centrality of following after God. Other things have come in, so you're not having the peace of God because right now you're not at peace with God. Other things have taken place. Then pray to him. He's only ever and forever a prayer away. He hears your cry and he wants you to enjoy peace with him. It may be to adjust some of your financial situation. And make some big changes so you can live in a peace rather than in that place where you're constantly feeling disquieted. I'm going to end this talk by reading that scripture again from number 6. This was often read or recited when they were moving from one stage of the journey to the next. Things were changing fast. Things were insecure, but they needed to know God was with them. And I want you, as I finish to know that God is with you and you can know the peace of God as we're moving through different stages and phases in life right now. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift His countenance upon you and give you His peace. Shalom. Wholeness. Health. Blessing. Prosperity protection. Peace, in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you.